Hi, and welcome to Creating Cadence, a podcast for life and work in motion. I'm your host, Mish Bondizio, a writer, consultant, and the founder of Growth Sessions. The aim of my work is to help people develop better work-life cadence and more mindful approaches to work, to support their creativity, productivity, and well-being, and to manage their time, attention, and stress better. You can find out more about me and what I do at growthsessions.co. So welcome to episode 19, the third episode in the third season of the Creating Cadence podcast, where I'm experimenting with something a little bit different. To recap, I invited six creative thinkers from my network who work in a variety of different sectors and situations to share their thoughts and experiences based on a set of specific questions relating to hybrid working, digital wellness and productivity. In the previous episode, we explored how the pandemic has created and influenced new ways of working for my guests, and the personal lessons that they've learned about their well-being and productivity during this time. In this episode, my panel will be commenting on what they struggle with most when it comes to online working. They'll also share their personal tips for protecting their attention, maintaining focus, and supporting their well-being and productivity. Please note, these conversations and responses have been recorded in real-world situations, so you may hear the sounds of traffic or roadworks, people chatting in the background, creaky chairs, rustling headphones, or random internet connectivity issues. So first off, here's a reminder of who my guests are for this season. So... uh... My name is James Taplin. I'm an innovation lead in the urban systems team at uh, Innovate UK. Um, so what that practically means is Innovate UK is the UK business innovation agency, and it's my job to try and look at what future living looks like in cities and how do you improve quality of life for citizens. Hi, I'm Katarina King, a co-founder of Society One, a co-working space in Preston. We strive to support our community with quality space and a platform through which our members can achieve their goals and be part of a supportive community. I'm Ed Matthews Gentle. I'm the programme lead at Creative Lancashire and I'm the strategic lead for culture and creative industries at Lancashire County Council. So my name is Rashmir Balasubramaniam. And I basically enable those that are leading local, global and cross-sectoral efforts to make our world better in various ways. I'm Amy. I'm a senior account manager at ICG. Um, ICG is a full service marketing agency um, based in Preston. Hi, I'm Garth Jew. I run a video production company called GD Video. We create commercials, documentaries and live streams for brands, agencies and platforms. The two questions I asked my panel for this episode are as follows. First, what you struggle with most when it comes to online working styles? And second, what productivity tips, tricks, practices or rituals do you use to help you overcome procrastination or help you to be more focused? We're starting with James Taplin, who mulled over how, at the start of lockdown, there was strong messaging around ensuring that we take time for ourselves – 
away from the screen, and make sure that there's plenty of space built into our days. We were reminded how this was an abnormal situation, but also a reset opportunity to design our days better. However, James feels that this intentionality has not only slipped, but for some it has vanished entirely, and so the pressure on our well-being is escalating again. People don't pursue it actively any longer, which means that I find I spend hours and hours and hours standing, staring at the screen, kind of talking to people, and I'm just, yeah, it's a half-hour conversation here, and then an hour conversation there, and then a half-hour, and then, and it's just I'm fragmented into tiny pieces, and there's no time to catch up with anything in between. And it's exhausting just because it's it's you're looking at people as well. They kind of I hate looking at myself. So spending like, days, I've never looked at myself as much ever. Probably in my previous forty odd plus years than I have done over the course of the last year in total. I mean that that is that's quite hard and that's quite uncomfortable. James also shared his personal experience of the exhausting nature of this form of visibility and his perceptions of why we experience Zoom fatigue. But it's also it's it's quite intense, like maintaining that that energy, that focus. You have to, you could turn your camera off, and but then I think if you turn your camera off, people think maybe you're not there, or you're on your phone, or doing something. So if you're demonstrating, like if you're there, you should be actively engaging. Otherwise, what's the point of you being there? But if you're actively engaging and you're trying to demonstrate you're actively engaging, you sort of have to overplay it to show it through a screen that you wouldn't have to through normal body cues when you're in a sort of a room with people. That I find that quite exhausting. For James, another casualty of so much time online is his opportunities to do deep or focused work. He feels the associated fragmentation, frustration and lack of time has increased his stress levels considerably. I seem to spend most of my time talking to people, I guess, with very little time in between to catch up. There's no, there's no deep work. I haven't done any deep work for months. Uh, it, just, it just doesn't really exist. I think there's also... Again, a little bit something that we were talking about earlier. There is that every single minute, as I said before, like has, there's a purpose to everything. You're not you're planning everything ahead of time, and I find that quite exhausting. You're, there's no there's no space in there for wonder or you know some sort some something some kind of creative chaos which is going to kind of bring an extra dimension of interest to your life or change your thinking. It's it is it's radical purpose from the start of the day to the end of the day. That's, that I find quite exhausting. James also spoke about this idea of radical purpose and the constraints of our now rigorously scheduled lives in the previous episode, which was episode 18. So check that out if you haven't already. When I asked James about his productivity tips, he responded in the same self-deprecating manner as a few of the other panel members – who seem to think that they're not very productive. I find this interesting as despite this notion, they've all managed to produce more output than usual during a very stressful and pressured time over this past year. I'm not sure I can answer this one very well. I don't think I am necessarily very productive. Um, uh, I found myself quite fragmented over the course of the last year, uh, particularly with homeschooling and all the rest of it. If I've learned one thing, I suppose it's, it's that it, it's that old adage about um, to spend half an hour in nature unless you don't have enough time, in which case you should spend an hour or whatever the quote is that I've butchered there. But basically, yeah, the need to get out for an hour's ride, I guess, daily is something I, 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 I know is good for me 
and I know it enhances my productivity. I know it settles my thoughts. I know it kind of helps me get ready for the afternoon or wherever it's going to be. Yeah, I know I'm more productive if I exercise and if I have that kind of downtime, that gap in between. Like James's experiments in knife making, which he does in the morning, which he touched on in episode 18, he also uses exercise as a form of downtime and to create space in his day. But James did also highlight that it can be a struggle to feel motivated enough to get out and do that exercise, due to those languishing feelings that we've all experienced from time to time over this time. Incidentally, I talk about the concept of languishing in more detail in episode 16. Next up is Rashmir Balasubramaniam. When it comes to online working, this was an easier adaptation for her, so she hasn't necessarily experienced the same challenges mentioned by James. But Rashmir has an interesting point to make about the challenges that hybrid working poses to relationship building online. So this is this is a relatively easy one for me because I'm pretty adaptable. So and I'm pretty good at reading people. But one thing that I I I do think is is tricky online is building relationships with people that I don't know and have never met. It's it's a funny thing though because in my coaching work it's not a problem at all. I can I can do it just as well online as I can offline. But for more collaborative work or consulting uh, type projects, it's a much trickier thing. And I, I'm not 100% sure if I know why that is, because I know that I can pick up on a lot, even in the remote format. But somehow, the difference might be there isn't the same level of trust, right, and openness in, in more sort of team-based work with new people than there is in a in a new coaching relationship. And so that's the piece I feel that there's there's yeah, there's room to improve for me and I think for others as well, both in terms of what we pick up and how open uh, we are and how quickly we get to that point of openness and trust. When it comes to productivity tips for improving focus and beating procrastination, Rashmir has some excellent suggestions and practices to share. First up, she talks about taking time for regular reflection. In particular, this one is something I learned from David Peterson, who is very well known in the in the kind of coaching industry, but he was also the former head of coaching at Google. And he has what he calls a reflection calendar. And it's got a series of questions associated with it that you you would pick. So, you know, the questions that you ask on a daily basis versus a weekly or a monthly or a quarterly basis that are a little bit different. And it's it's not rocket science, right? It's pretty simple. And it it can be, you know, on a daily basis, you might only reflect on these questions for a minute or two. On a quarterly basis, of course, you might do a little bit more thoughtful reflection, referencing back to purpose and priorities and looking both backwards and forwards. And it really just keeps us focused on what's important, what matters, and also makes sure that we're building and adjusting our calendars each week or each month or each quarter so that we've got adequate time for you know, work that requires creativity or deep thought um, or whatever it is. And so it's a simple, simple tool, but very, very useful. Another suggestion from Rashmir is to be more intentional about scheduling time to support our creativity and well-being. 
I often advocate for the benefits of time-blocking practices, both on my podcast and with my coaching clients. And a common phrase that I use is to say that if it's not in the diary, it's not going to happen. So I love the following suggestions from Rashmir. And I may be in an unusually um, privileged position to be able to do this, but I schedule quite a bit of downtime in my week. So I have certain days of the week where I don't do any external calls. And that gives me dedicated time, again, for the kind of deeper thinking, reading or research, or just that dedicated time if I want to spend a whole afternoon doing nothing but writing or batch producing a podcast. I've got those blocks of time on my calendar and I can always flex if needs be, but but just having those times blocked out, I find incredibly purposeful. Rashmir also supports her focus and flow by adapting her work style and working pattern to fit with the cycles of the seasons. The other thing that I that I want to share in this regard is, and this is tied to my work around flow, and it's it's giving ourselves, or in my case, giving myself permission to work with natural rhythms. And those may be seasonal rhythms, they may be personal or collective rhythms. Um, you know, an example of that is I tend to wake up with the light. So now that it's summer, I'm waking up super early, but I've got masses of early morning time that that I can use for any number of things. So, you know, by the time eight o'clock or nine o'clock rolls around, I've, I feel like I've already had quite a productive morning, um, which is wonderful. Winter, of course, is a little bit different, but then in winter, you know, with less light, I, I you know, I, I might be doing less pure creative work and I might be more doing more deep reflection. Um, so not everyone has the luxury to work this way, but but it also allows me to, to, to work with my own natural rhythms, right? So if I'm having a morning where it's just really difficult to do any writing and I tend to dedicate some morning time to writing, you know, I might just go out, go out, go down to the beach, go for a walk. And it's incredible what that stimulates for me or just allows to kind of process. And then I can come back and use a different time of the day to do, you know, what I might have wanted to earlier. So again, I've just got that ability to flex. So I'm working with these natural rhythms and I find it incredibly, incredibly productive and incredibly useful. Like Rashmir, I too have learned to adapt my work style according to seasonal patterns. And as a woman, I also adjust my workload based on my monthly menstrual cycle, as it can have a dramatic effect on my energy levels, my emotions, my ability to focus, and my performance in different weeks of the month. Now I understand that some people don't have total control over their calendars, and it can be a little more tricky to find more time for time out if you have children or work that requires a lengthy commute. But I'm also a firm believer that there is always another way. If you are truly unhappy with how you're working, if it's affecting your health or relationships, you will become desperate enough to find a way to make these positive changes. It starts by reflecting on what's more important and creating boundaries around them for well-being and safekeeping and being more intentional in managing your time too. Otherwise, you end up dancing to someone else's tune. Next up is Garth Dew, who whilst advocating for video calls being a good way for him to stay in touch with clients going forward, which he mentioned in episode 18, here he also acknowledges the downsides. The nature of my video production business 
unless we're out filming, has always been to work remotely. So I'm very used to it. I don't find it too difficult. I think the biggest thing that I'm tired of is video calls. I think for whatever reason, they're incredibly fatiguing. And so it's been nice to go back out and film and speak to people and be around people. So remote working has lots of advantages in terms of saving time, traveling, saving the planet. But I think there's also definitely still a need to be meeting face to face with people. And so it's about striking that balance. When it comes to productivity, Garth flags an important point about how some creative thinkers may struggle to follow overly structured days, as it's just not the way that they're wired. Instead, he started focusing on slowing down his workflow and taking on less work so that he can be more purposeful and intentional about how he approaches his projects. I used to be very much into productivity hacks and trying to plan my day but by nature I'm not that type of person I'm a classic creative I'm a little bit all over the place and I think since COVID happened my biggest productivity hack is actually not to have too much on so rather than chasing projects and trying to fill my pipeline with loads of work I'm trying to pick and choose meatier projects that I can take my time on and do properly so it sounds counterintuitive but by keeping my calendar a lot emptier than it was I think I'm actually creating better work and I'm more focused and productive on that work and off the back of that I just think having one thing to complete each day or you know max three things on your to-do list for the day is how you can make small progress all the time As soon as my to-do list becomes 10 plus items, I become overwhelmed and get nothing done. This is something I can relate to. Since my burnout, my brain doesn't function quite the same as it did. I easily get overwhelmed if I don't organise my work into bite-sized chunks. There may be lots of little things that also need to get done in the day, but there are never more than one to three main tasks that I focus on daily. And that's where my bullet journal comes in really handy, as it helps me to track my tasks stay on top of my workload and still ensure that I maintain a good cadence with my workflow whilst getting my projects completed and still supporting my well-being. Next is Amy Young, who shares how the disruptive nature of online working is a big challenge for her. I've mentioned like we use Slack and, you know, and other tools to 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 support our roles but then they almost become a hindrance in some ways as well if you can kind of hear the notifications and things like that it's that kind of like this and the stop start nature of it as well I think for for us um when we're together in the office it's kind of a little bit more fluid online for me it's sometimes a little bit stop start and kind of you don't always have that kind of continuous pace with, with with some aspects of the job but I guess it is all ad- adaptation to kind of the situation. So it's it's nothing that can't be overcome, but I guess, yeah, some of, some of that is the kind of like a little frustrations. I love Amy's optimism in finding a way through these challenges and also her acknowledgement of the small frustrations of online communications that can add up to become something bigger. When it comes to Amy's productivity practices, apart from the tools that her whole company uses, Her go-to approach for staying on top of her tasks 
is a combination of old-school to-do list and managing expectations. I'm quite an organised person anyway. I mean, naturally, I have to be organised in the role that I do. I mean, productivity tips for me, I mean, I'm very much a traditional to-do list person, so that is kind of not online at all. We do on, we have online tools like Trello and, you know, various other kind of like status report planning for clients and things. But for me, the, the satisfaction of having a to-do list and actually crossing something off is um, can't, can't be underestimated. Um, and I think it comes back to just just the expectation levels as well and almost like just taking a little step back. In Amy's experience, she finds that taking a pause before responding to an email or message and not expecting an immediate response to hers is better for her business relationships and for keeping things moving. So in that way, Amy's approach is similar to Garth's suggestion about slowing down and being more purposeful in how you work and communicate. And this brings us to Ed Matthews Gentle. Like Amy and Katerina mentioned in episode 18, Ed also highlights the need to switch off and the challenges he experiences with trying to do so, and also how our expectations around productivity can be flawed. I must admit that I do really kind of struggle with, um, um, with this because, um, you know, being productive, you know, isn't the same as producing lots of work and lots of volumes of work. I feel the need, you know, to, or, or, or there's an ability, you know, to uh, produce work more quickly. Um, it's not the same as being more productive as well, you know. But I'm reasonably, you know, comfortable with what we've been able to deliver over the last 12 months. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it translates to being, um, you know, self-contented and having a good, a good sort of, a good work-life balance or being good for like personal well-being. Like James, Ed has flagged how we feel the need to be physically visible online, to be seen, to be doing our work properly, and how that's an issue for our well-being. And the close proximity between our working and living spaces can be problematic for productivity too. In Ed's words, his office is 10 steps from his lounge, 20 steps from his bedroom, and 30 steps from his backyard. I think for me, it's that switching off, you know, walking away, you know, and not going back. You know, you know where, where your commute, you know, you know, my office has been my two-meter by one and a half meter square in the corner of my dining room that's been Creative Lancashire's HQ you know for for over over a year yes you know I can walk away and switch off but I can also come back to it really really easily this is a challenge shared by many it can feel difficult to initiate a change in behavior when our working and living environments and habits become so blended this is why setting boundaries around how and when you work and being more intentional in how you work is really important. When it comes to tips and tricks, Ed has some interesting and novel ways to help him get into work mode and stay productive, even though, like James, he doesn't feel he's good at being productive. I am so not the person to ask about that, because as you've already said, I, I do all this stuff really, really badly. Um, you know, But I do treat the journey to this little corner of my dining room 
in like a proper commute. I actually, you know, get dressed for work. It sounds odd saying, but, you know, I had to get into the mindset, you know, of work. Ed's sartorial choices, even when working from home, are very important to him. I, I wear shoes all the time. You know, I'm wearing shoes now. I can't imagine, you know, the thought of you thinking that I'm wearing sweatpants and slippers and trainers horrifies me. And so I know I'm not doing that. I've made the affirmation, the decision that I'm putting shoes on. You know, I'm not wearing trainers. I'm wearing decent shoes that I'll be happy to be seen in anywhere. And that's the one thing that, you know, and, and no one knows that I'm doing that until now. But I wear shoes for every, for every day I'm at work. I wholeheartedly agree with this idea of getting dressed for work. It definitely helps your mind slip into work mode. Ed also commented on how, in an ideal workplace, our physical environment is another opportunity to support our creativity and inspire our work. He shared his dream office idea, which is not that far removed from how he actually works at home. I would have objects that inspire me, around me. I would have possibly artwork and objects and books and funny toy figures designed by graphic designers and, you know, graffiti artists. I would have all those things around me. So my actual environment that I'm working now is probably a lot closer to the kind of office that I'd like to have. I don't think I'll ever be going back to the way things were completely, but I'm going to miss just having the ability to have music on when I want to. I do kind of set my mood, you know, and and I've really enjoyed that stuff. Last but not least, we have a short and sweet observation from Katerina regarding her challenges with online working. She also shares her number one productivity tip. Like Garth, Katerina is all for more in-person opportunities, and of course running a co-working space lends itself to needing to do just that. The thing that I struggle with most when it comes to online working is that I'm very much a people person and like company and interaction. Whilst emails and online comms platforms like Slack are great, I like the nuances and richness of speaking and working with people in person. Like Amy and I, Katerina is also a fan of to-do lists. The way I overcome procrastination is that I'm a big list writer. If I have thoughts around jobs to do, then I get them written down and out of my head. That way I feel like my mind relaxes and I know what I'm working on. Well, that was a bumper edition of thoughts and suggestions from my panel. I hope you found it as useful as I did. It would appear that when it comes to productivity, whether perceived or required, the impact it has for everyone on their well-being is a big one. There are many ways that you can be more focused and productive online, but during these interviews, three in particular kept cropping up. The way to be more productive online can be to ensure that you have more time offline. Whether outdoors or indoors, it needs to be away from screens, doing something that re-energizes you. The way to be more productive can also be to be more organized with your time, irrespective of the software or analog tools that you use to keep you on track. The way to be more productive online can also be to set up your surroundings to inspire your creativity and support your mindset, whether that's art on your walls or music in the background. 
You don't have to get caught off guard by the tide of autopilot behaviours that don't support our health or well-being. We can all be more intentional in scheduling time in our calendars for rest, recovery, reflection and time for our relationships that matter. If in doubt about how any of this might help you, I'd suggest starting by following Ed's advice of putting on a natty shirt and some smart shoes before you sit down in your home office. You'd be surprised what a difference a change of clothes can make to getting things done. In the next episode of this third season, my panel will be sharing thoughts on where they think we may need more help and support when it comes to managing our work-life cadence in this interesting future that we're heading into. If you've got thoughts about this episode, or you have a question relating to productivity, well-being, or hybrid working, then I'd love to hear from you. You can write to hello at growthsessions.co. Thanks for listening. If you're liking what you're hearing on Creating Cadence, please give the podcast a four or five star review via Apple Podcasts, or you can email me a testimonial. I know it's a pain, but this all helps other people like you to find the podcast, and you'd also have my eternal appreciation. Until next time, please take care out there. Be brave, think big, and keep moving forwards, one step at a time. Bye for now.